Welcome to season four of the Go Off Sis podcast, brought to you by Target, our destination for celebrating ourselves and our success this year. Hello, and welcome back to the Go Off Sis podcast. We are back in the booth for episode two of this season. In case y'all forgot, I am Chelsea Sanders, the VP of Brand and Partnerships at Unbothered here, and your Delilah After Dark co-host. I got my sister circle with me around the table, so let's do a quick round of intros. Kathleen, how you doing? I'm good, Chelsea. I'm Kathleen, senior editor, coming to you from the six, and I'm ready. Steph, wellness check. Hi, Hello. I am Stephanie Long, and I am the senior editor here in the States, and I'm just ready to have my my cup filled in this lovely conversation about self-love. Mm, all right, and we got a new queen coming up to the table. Sid, tell us about yourself. <laughs> Hi, everyone, and you're to my New York people. I am a writer <laughs> and 2030 Vice Fellow. Yes. All right. If you didn't catch that, she's our our Gen Z consultant because Kathleen, Sid, and I are old heads (laughs) in media (laughs) years. But yes, Sydney, we are so excited. Speak for (laughs) yourself. About to say, I'm young. I don't know what y'all talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Kathleen and Steph said, I stay hydrated. I don't know about you. (laughs) Well, welcome, Sid. We are so excited to have you, invite you to our sister circle today. And really just get into it. So last week, we talked about finding peace in this panini one year later. And today, we're really going to dive into what self-love looks like now, one year later, for each of us today. Where to find it, where to grow it, how to accept it. And we're going to be putting in some real self-love work. And I want our audience to go along on this journey with us. So get ready, my dears. If you need a journal or if you got your phone notes app or if you're in the bath just chilling and vibing, we got you. So every sort of episode, we start with a little prompt, a fun little moment to to kick us off. And thinking this theme is self-love. So let's talk about self-love, ladies. What is your self-love anthem? All right. Steph, I'm going to start with you. I I just knew it was going to come to me (laughs) first. I just knew. I was thinking about this before we all sat down. And it's a tie between Khalees' Young, Fresh, and New and good stuff. I'm leaning toward Ooh. good stuff because even though she's singing to a man, in that song, she's basically saying, this is who I am. I know what I have to offer. And you can take it or leave it, but let me know. And I feel like just that confidence and awareness in self and what you have to bring to the world and not looking for sense of self and other people is so strong. And Khalees has always kind of been like that poster child of authenticity. And I think being authentic is, it's it's kind of like the the groundwork for finding self-love and just really being true to who you are and, and not silencing yourself, not shrinking yourself. So yeah, I'm going to go with Khalees. Good stuff. Forever, fave. I feel like it's and when you were talking, I feel like we teach girls to shrink themselves, to make yes. themselves smaller. <laughs> yes, exactly. That energy. Chimamanda, what up? Yes. Just was like resonating. Kathleen, how about you? Okay, I also have two because y'all, you can't ask me to pick one one song. I just can't do it. So my first one is Queen Bee, Beyonce, Me, Myself, and I. Because mm. it's just, that's just a <laughs> reminder always. It's like all I got. It's me, myself, and I. And whenever I think back to that, it just really like grounds me. And I'm like, okay, me and you, we in this. And then my other one is Lauren Hill from her Unplugged album, I Gotta Find Peace of Mind. Ooh, girl, mm. I have cried to that song so Ooh. many times. You Ooh. have no idea. Can I, can I tell real quick, real quick? <laughs> yes. Again, not to make this about a man, but sometimes <laughs> I call my partner my peace of mind because I got a lot of anxiety and he's very like a calming force in my life. And the day he proposed to me, we were in Detroit. We go to a restaurant and Lauren Hill, I Gotta Find Peace of Mind comes on. Like literally the first song after we walk into this place, after he he proposed to me. And when are you out and hear that song, like, out in the streets? Never. Never. <laughs> anyway, that song is about me and my own peace of mind, but it also is kind of this nice thing between me and my dude as well. 
Ooh, the universe bless your union. That was okay. <laughs> wow. I love that. All right. Sid, how about you? All right. Well, Kathleen was clearly reading my mind all the way from the six because I, I thought I was doing something coming in saying me, myself, and I. But that could be my backup. Well, it's tough because I feel like the energy that I can put into a song can easily make it a self-love anthem. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, like, I really love Mahalia's Sober because I just mm-hmm. really get into it. Like, I don't know. She's just saying, reflecting on things and being really honest about it in a relationship. And I feel like sometimes self-love and self-care comes in the form of being honest with ourselves about things that we just need to let go. So I would say that one because I really, I get in my bag for that. I have no reason to be in my bag, but my duffel stays close tight with that one. (laughs) (laughs) I am actually really surprised at the songs that came to my mind when I was thinking about this. I thought they would be more of my like self note sort of anthems of like by myself again, like with the curtains drawn and with Mm -hmm. the incense going. But actually my self-love anthem is like about me getting hype and feeling good about myself. And it is also a Beyonce classic, Love on Top, which (laughs) is also, I feel like Steph very similarly, like it's about a man or a partner, whoever, but like anytime I hear that song, Baby, <laughs> let me tell you, that register keychain, <laughs> are you kidding me? Yes. 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 That's it. <laughs> like, it Ooh. is you. Like, that's it. Like, and mm. I genuinely will, like, sing that shit in the mirror to myself and be like, yes. it's you. That's it. Baby, it's so, me. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 <laughs> exactly. So that is my self-love anthem. These are all great energies to just, like, start getting into this. Maybe we should have a self-love playlist as we <laughs> delve into this. But just to start playing those things in your mind. But I, I want to talk a little bit about, like we said, one year later, in the middle of this point to replay, what does love look like? <laughs> but I think, you know, one of the things I was just thinking about is it is so hard to love on yourself when you're by yourself. And I think when we're talking about this episode and thinking about what self-love looks like, I think all of us sort of recognize and acknowledge that it looks different than it did a year or two ago. And so I just want to talk a a little bit about what does self-love look like for you now? Steph, what do you think? Yeah, you are noting that it's it's tough to love on yourself when you're by yourself. But honestly, for me, Personally, as an Aquarius, you know, I, I'm someone who <laughs> really, I, I find joy in, in pouring into my community and the people around me. I'm very much a giver. And so, you know, I feel like since we've been inside and by ourselves and I've spent a lot more time in solitude, there is a lot less obligation to show up in other spaces. <laughs> and also, you know, you can pour more energy into the things that you actually want to do. Like I took a random Harvard edX online class last summer. I've been reading books that I've been wanting to read. I was making jewelry. I taught myself how to read tarot cards, like all these Mm. things that I probably normally wouldn't make a lot of time for because I'm showing up for other people. And also you don't have to lie about, you know, going somewhere when you know you're not going to (laughs) go. Like (laughs) I have, I have no invites that I have to like say yes to and just not show up. Like, it's great. It's great for everybody. It's you don't have to send lovely. those on your way texts when you're still in the shower. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Be right there. Yes. Who, who all going to be there? <laughs> I am a resident Capricorn and I am the exact opposite. Even though we share, a, I don't know, Steph, you know the lingo more than I do, but I'm, I've got an Aquarius <laughs> moon rising or something. <laughs> I... Yeah. I mean, I find that it's been harder to love on myself, being by myself and being in this panini. Because how my anxiety works is that she spirals out of control after conversations more now. Because I'm an introvert. I like one-on-one connections with my friends and with my people. And now those connections are not in person for the most part. 
And so I'm not able to read body language. I'm not able to understand that that I didn't say something wrong or that someone's going to misinterpret my text message or whatever it is. And so I just have kind of been really in my head about a lot of interactions. And so then that makes me feel worse about myself. Sid, tell us about a little bit about your anxiety brand. What does that look like for you? She's really nosy. Like, I never <laughs> invite her, but she always finds a way to show up to the event that's right, not really an event. Doing? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I'm like, sis, no one even invited you. And since we're talking about astrology, I'm a Libra, Same. ocean current, rising, sun in rotation. Like, I don't understand that stuff. I'm going to be honest with y'all. Like, I can't. Like, It's just like ocean, moon. It's too much. But when it comes to my anxiety and this whole panini press of a situation that we've been in, it has been a little difficult because I try not to overextend myself. But then I'll notice that it's been weeks since I've heard from someone that I used to see every day when I was Mm. in college. And so I've had to make an effort to balance like reaching out to people, but also not overextending myself. And then in some ways, it kind of feels like I've been injecting self-care and self-love into my life. And I don't want it to feel unnatural. But I think Kathleen made a good point. It's like we're living and then trying to work in that situation. And so a lunch break doesn't really exist for me. And if something as basic or as necessary as a lunch break doesn't exist, it's like how do I then— put in time for self-care and self-love. What does that Mm -hmm. even look like? So for me, it's just been kind of difficult to not force it because I think the rhetoric around self-care and love is that it's like free-flowing and it happens when it happens. But in a Ponderosa, like, I might just have to inject it when necessary, you know? (laughs) I think it's even more challenging for us and media because of the nature of the news cycle within everything we've been navigating. I tweeted the other day, I was like, listen, your friends who work in journalism and digital media have not had a break since January 2020. Like, please Mm. give them some Mm. grace, especially Mm -hmm. those of us like myself who are dealing with mental health challenges, you know, anxiety, depression. If you're in the Northeast or somewhere cold, there's seasonal affective disorder and just seasonal mood shifts and just so many things. It's hard navigating that on top of the pandemic, on top of anti-Black violence. Um, Mm -hmm. The summer that we had was so overwhelming. The election season was like freaking insane. I almost cursed, but I caught myself as freaking insane. (laughs) It's just, it's so much. And I, I think on the other side of that too, we have to have a lot of grace for our friends as well. So, you know, if our friends are upset with us, we need to be able to understand why and just remember that this is not a normal time that we're navigating and we're all doing the best we can. And I think that's the only thing that we can do is just do the best that we can with the tools that we have in this insane climate that we are in right now. Mm-hmm. Kathleen, what's feeling good to you right now? What are you loving on about yourself? I'm having a hard time. At the beginning of the pandemic, I feel like I was good. I was in survival mode. You know, mm-hmm. I felt like mm. I always joke that if I'm ever in a zombie apocalypse, you're going to want me on your team. I'm going to be like Michonne in The Walking Dead. <laughs> I'll take my sword. I got it. Through, like Journey and, and Lovecraft. Oh, yes. Ready to save the day. That's my energy. That's, right my, yes. that's my Capricorn energy. I got this. But about like six months in, I can't believe we've been doing this for this long that I can be like six months in. But Mm -hmm. I feel like I hit a wall. I burnt out. And then I didn't really take a break at that time. I just worked through it. And so now (laughs) I'm in a place where I can't even answer a question like, what are you loving about yourself right now? Which is hard. And is that some like deep stuff I'm going to have to, you know, deal with in therapy, (laughs) honestly, because... I think I've just, I mean, I've talked about my anxiety. She's on 100 and I haven't really been taking enough time for self-care. And I also 
am sharing all of this because I think that there's people listening that I know are going through the same shit. Like we don't have those outlets that we used to have, whether it's going to meet up with a friend. I mean, you can go for walks, but it's cold in Toronto, y'all. I just... (laughs) So cold. Yeah. And so I'm just having a hard time. And I, my self-talk has not been great. I haven't been as nice to myself as I should be. And I don't see an end in sight to this, which is tough. The uncertainty is really tough for me. And again, I feel like a lot of people are dealing with this. So I mm-hmm. I hope some someone else is in this with me because, yeah, it's been hard, y'all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, one, thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. And two, just as we're talking about what we're valuing about ourselves in this time, Kathleen, I honestly feel like your, your honesty and your self-awareness and your vulnerability in this moment, in this situation, is something to value in itself because— you know, there are so many of mm-hmm. us who are just feeling very lost right now, maybe even a little bit empty and are just kind of like, well, I don't really know what the fuck is happening. And so just understanding what it is that you're experiencing is so powerful on its own. So I just wanted to to make sure that you that you knew that. Thank you, Steph. I mean, all of you, I mean, I get to work with Steph and Chels and Sydney soon every day. And that that helps, truly. Like, on days when I'm feeling really bad about myself, y'all help. So, thank you. Oh, every day, I just, like, thank the universe for the energy that comes to me from you guys. Every single day. I, like, I can't even, like, put it into words. And you guys know this. But I think, like, one of the things that I love about honest the honesty in what you're saying, Kathleen, is that... It feels odd to not have the answers. Mm-hmm. And I think we are so used to having the answers or at least giving an answer or even knowing what the question is. But I don't even know the question at this point. And I think like a lot of that also comes from when we talk about our self-image and self-love comes because there's there's so much now external pressure, right? There's so many other things that are coming at us at all times. Mm -hmm. And it's not only, you know, maintaining friendships, uh, maintaining your workflow, keeping yourself on track. It's also just like opening up another screen and scrolling through your feed and seeing, Mm -hmm. you know, really everyone doing whatever it is they do on social media. You know, I'm incognito, but (laughs) everyone is out during this, no matter what, it feels like during this pantyhose, everyone has turned up (laughs) just across the board and, you know, taking trips to Mexico, talking about what they're doing, how they're loving on themselves, looking cute. And I think for me, I really had to just like step back from that and just like recognize that I'm not showing up on a beach anywhere, anytime soon. So I got nobody for it and no bank account, really, because where, but where am I going? You know, but where am I going? But I think like that also made me really reflect like on my relationship with my own body, my physical body. Mm. And all the hangups I have with that. You know, we're in our house. We're not active. We're sitting around. We're eating more. And for me, as someone who has come to the table already with so many issues around my self-image and around my body, this has been really hard, really, really hard. And, you know, I, I think a lot just about, like, young girls, too, who are sitting at at home and having to sort mm-hmm. of wrestle with this by themselves and looking and seeing it across all of our feeds every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I think of how much I do, I play the comparison game on social media. I'm constantly looking at other people and their achievements and thinking, oh, that person's younger than me and they have this already and just getting in my head about that. And so I can't imagine, and I'm grown and I'm mm. most of the time good, feel good about myself. Okay, not lately, (laughs) but the fact that I'm a grown (laughs) 25-year-old, I can't imagine. Why why are you laughing? Why are you You, laughing? You're right, you're right, you're right. Thank you so much. 25. (laughs) So, 
<laughs> but yeah, but honestly, if I'm doing that at my big age, I can't imagine the, you know, our young sisses and how they're feeling in the comparison game. And if they're FOMO and all of that with social media, it must be tough. Well, Sid, I mean, you know, as our resident young gun, like, tell us a little bit about, for you, what that is like and what that looks like growing up in just a very interesting world, one that is, again, unrelenting with images and perceptions of what it means to be a woman growing up now, what it means to be Black growing up now. Yeah. What did that look like for you and what what does that look like for you? I think it's tough because I remember when I didn't have a phone and my friends didn't have phones and we would play outside and wait by the house phone to try and talk to each other. And if I didn't see you in school that day, then I wasn't seeing you on Instagram because there was no Instagram. And so as I've gotten older, there's been Instagram and there's been Facebook and all of these other social media platforms. And I think it really reminds me of how insecure I can be when it comes to my body image, mm. when I never really used to take it to heart. I say that to me and I, I've always been petite and skinny. And there was a point in high school where my advisor actually came to me and said that there were other faculty members that thought I was anorexic because I was so skinny. And it was really jarring to me because I think when you hear how someone else sees you, it can either be really great or it can be very debilitating. And this was one of those moments where it was debilitating. So I had to really sit with myself and realize that there can be so many people who see my Instagram story, my partner, my sister, anyone can tell me that I'm beautiful. But when I really sit there, I'm still thinking, should I buy this waist trainer? Do I need to start working out again? And I feel like there's always this underlying question of like, how do I fit into the Black experience, capital E, experience, when I feel like I've always been on the fringes of that? And that comes with body image. And seeing that constantly reinforced with social media images or on fast fashion websites like Fashion Nova, unconsciously and sometimes very consciously, I, I see how it negatively impacts me to feel like, well, this is yet again another reason why I might not be Black enough. Like, I don't have the typical Black girl body. Like, I'm not thick. I'm not curvaceous. I'm not even slim thick on a good day. If I use a little delusion when I look in the mirror, I'm a little slim thick. But it's it's difficult. But I think moments like this, like a podcast like this with amazing Black women who are honest when we feel down, that really helps. So that camaraderie and that energy that I get from you guys, that big sister support, it's real and it's genuine. Yeah. I, on that note, I just want to let you know how seen you are because I, I mean, still really petite. When I was younger, I was really skinny. I grew up in the South, so I didn't look like all other thick girls in the South did. Didn't really fit in with the Black girls in my neighborhood. I went to a predominantly white school, so I, I felt like I wasn't white enough for them, but I wasn't like Black enough for the, the kids in my neighborhood. And so I, you know, like many of us may have I spent a lot of time when I was younger, like through college, just kind of feeling like I didn't belong to or, or couldn't relate fully to the Black experience. But I think now that I'm older as an adult, I'm really understanding that everybody's Black looks different. And mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you know, as Black people, we all face and deal with a lot of the same things. And mm. not everybody's Blackness needs to look the same for us to be black. We are we are still black. Mm -hmm. mm. Walking down the street to anybody else, we're black. Period. You can't mm. take and you can't take that away. Mm -hmm. For better or for worse. Oh. True. Wow. That is a really, really great point, Steph. And I just love the way you phrase that too. Because we are black every day. And the world will remind us if we forget, which we never will. And I think also it's just like when we're thinking about, I think, Sid, one of the things that just, like, I love that you said was just being able to find your people, right? Yeah. And I've found them, obviously, with this podcast and with this team. But I think that is so important when it comes to just, like, validating the things that maybe you were insecure about. Again, like, the way you talk, the way you look, 
hearing you guys just talk about this, I think like I felt some of the same things, being light-skinned, talking white. You know, I'm by no means a petite person, but like what does that look like to take up space as a Black woman and not apologize for it? And I think a lot of that learning comes when you see other people doing it and when you Mm -hmm. see other people just shining in that space and the people who are for you are for you, right? And they'll find you. And that's such a a glorious thing, I think. Yeah, Chelsea, absolutely. I think the experience when you're going through it feels so alone. You feel so alone. And then you find your, your crew and your tribe and your people and you realize like, Oh, this is so universal. You know, I grew mm-hmm. up in Oakville, Ontario. I feel like that's all I got to say for, for y'all to understand. You know, I was code switching so much that I just switched and became this person that wasn't really me. And it took me a really long time. It Like, as an adult, looking back on my childhood to be like, okay, I can be this person. And whether or not it's talking in a certain way that makes this person comfortable or talking in this way that makes that other person comfortable. It's like, who am I? What makes me feel comfortable? And that took a long time. It took uh, being in fellowship with other Black women. It took reading a lot and also looking to pop culture, but also realizing that maybe pop culture wasn't the best place to look. Because when I grew up without Black girls around me, my thankfully, I had my best friend Ray when I was growing up, a boy, <laughs> my two older brothers, but I didn't have sisters that I grew up with. I didn't have black girlfriends in my my school growing up. And so my best friends were Moesha. They were Denise Huxtable. I looked to pop culture, and we also know that there's damaging representation that comes from that. And so there was definitely times when I just... Yeah, I mean, it's we all, it's such a universal experience. It feels cliche for me to say how alone I felt or whatever. We all know. We all know that. But I think that if we're going back to self-worth and when I feel the best about myself, it is when I am talking to young girls. I go back to my high school sometimes. I go back to those neighborhoods where I know that there are Black girls who felt exactly like I did. And for me to tell them, you can be yourself now. Mm. I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional. Like, you don't have to wait to be you. Mm-hmm. And that is when I feel like I have been able to come into myself in order to help the next generation realize that it doesn't matter. Like, all of the shit we're talking about truly does not matter. And, yeah, like Steph said, we're we're Black when we walk down the street. So let's just be that. And I also think I want to speak specifically to the dark-skinned Black girls, the girls who don't talk white, because, again, there's privilege that comes with that Mm -hmm, and who mm -hmm, are mm -hmm. put in certain boxes because Mm -hmm. of their Blackness and because of who they are. And that is so beautiful, and I hope that they know, again, that they can be them at 15, at 14, at 10, Mm -hmm. (laughs) not at 25. I think that's, like, such an important thing to just, like, remember how special we are and how much we deserve everything that is coming to us. Because I'm just going to speak on it now. And I think the hardest part is just learning to accept it, right? And learning to accept what is ours. But it is ours. So let's not wait to love on ourselves, guys. Just wrapping this up, you know? I want to end on a a high note and talk about not waiting for self-love. What do you do? What can we do right now? What do we want to say to each other and our audience just about self-love, what that looks like, and how we can just do more of it? Sid, what do you think? I have to say that self-love is not linear. And Mm. I think if we're being honest with ourselves, there are days where we'll wake up And we might have all of the intentions in the world to feel like the baddest, to feel like we are on top of the world, like we can conquer it. And though that might be our intention, sometimes one thing happens in a Zoom call and you're like, yo, this this whole week is done. I'm over it. Like, this is terrible. But there's always a silver lining in a day, even if it's just for a moment. And I think recognizing that 
and talking to ourselves through those positive moments or reminding us like, you did well in that meeting. You know, like you, you articulated yourself really well. That's important. And when I talked to my therapist, he was telling me to start writing in a gratitude journal. Words are so important because when we speak negativity into our lives, we're casting spells. And if we recognize it or not, sooner or later, we start to believe those things, whether they're positive or negative. And so complimenting ourselves, writing that down sometimes in a very tangible sense, you can flip the page and go back and be like, yo, last week I was really loving on myself. Where's that energy? Let me bring that back. Mm. Sydney, I just love that your self-love is so rooted in words and language. I always say that words hold so much power. They have the power to manifest. They have the power to uplift. They have the power to make or break relationships with self and others. I was actually just having this conversation with somebody the other day about how communication in general is the building block of our relationships, both with ourselves and and people outside of us. And I I think like in this context, as we're talking about self-love, being able to communicate to ourselves more softly and honestly is so important and checking in with ourselves. If you don't have to pretend who are you and what makes you happy, what brings you joy, what brings you solace, what brings you comfort, you know, how do you want to express yourself? And just being sure that once you figure that out, when your screens are off and the phone is down, you're still honoring that person every day when you log back in. Mm. Amen. ATF, a word. Well, ladies, I'm going to be real with you. You guys are my home. So thank you. In the Ponderosa. (laughs) In the Papa John's. Not the pizzeria. (laughs) Like you are. So thank you guys. And thank you for just loving on me and loving on each other. Mm. Okay. And with that, my dear sisters, we have reached the point, one of our favorites in every episode entitled Don't At Me. In case you haven't heard of this almost famous segment, let me tell you a little bit about our Don't At Me. This is meant to tie a bow on our discussion to give us some food for thought and remind y'all about that queen energy we've been talking about all day in case you need a reminder. And in case you were also confused, you can't at us, okay? (laughs) Nothing. Nunca. Nine. (laughs) No. Heart emoji. And if you've got questions, concerns, comments... Like my fave, the dearly departed Whitney Houston said, you call my machine and I'll call yours. For (laughs) this week's Don't At Me, we have our resident VoIB queen, Stephanie Long. Steph, take it away for us. It is wild to think that we have been in the thick of this pandemic for a whole year now. In that time, how much grace have you given yourself? And have you taken time for you? We live in a culture where Black women are often expected to be saviors. We show up when we want and sometimes need to lie down. We prioritize others before ourselves. We silence our needs. We shrink our softness. And we internalize the strong Black woman stereotype so deeply that it negatively impacts our mental and physical health. We face discrimination in the workplace, within the healthcare system, In our everyday lives, we're told we're not enough. We don't always ask for help. We're hard on ourselves when we don't have the answers. And worse, we grin and bear it when we're hurting the most. Enough. These are tough times we're navigating. COVID-19 has devastated the world, but the Black community especially. In America, Black folks are three times more likely to contract the virus than our white counterparts due to systemic health and social inequities. And as of December 2020, more than 50,000 Black Americans had died from corona. All of this on top of the racial and gender-based discrimination we face in our day-to-day lives. Self-neglect? In this panini? I think not. We must allow ourselves room for vulnerability and self-care. So I want to invite you to allow yourself softness, assert your boundaries, ask for support, 
Check in with yourself. Put yourself first. Whether it's reading a book, soaking in a bath, taking a break from social media, joining the Zoom meeting with your camera off, or just simply saying no. Do it for you. Because it's okay to be selfish, sis. Don't at me. This season, we're powering our purpose, living our passions, and reminding ourselves that we are the queens we worship every day. From the tools we need to be our best selves, to the energy we deserve to make those dreams a reality, we're Black Beyond Measure. Target is investing in the success of Black creators with their year-round platform and dedicated support. Head over to target.com slash blackbeyondmeasure to learn more about how to power opportunities for our success. We are so hyped to be welcoming the one and only Miss Jill Scott, a.k.a. Jilly from Philly, an OG Philly John, to the Go Off Sis Roundtable. Honestly, guys, I could spend the entire episode talking about what Jill has given to each of us in the culture, but I won't. What I will tell you, in case anyone needs a reminder, is that Miss Jill Scott is a Grammy award-winning singer-songwriter, a New York Times best-selling poet, a critically acclaimed actress, an entrepreneur, and just an all-around queen. And in addition to her sonic contributions to the culture, Jill stays on her grind. She is the lead investor of True Voice and the host of her own podcast, J.Ill, the podcast. Uh, sounds like our kind of podcast. Most of all, we love her authenticity and the way she just shows up and loves on herself and gives all of us permission to do the same. So let us get in it, get on it. Welcome to the Go Off Sis podcast, Jill. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, let's jump right in. This episode, we're talking all about sort of self-love and the ways that we love on ourselves and the ways that that's changed over the past year. And we opened the episode and just started out in a fun way with our favorite self-love anthems. And so we wanted to just sort of open the floor with you and think about what maybe is your self-love anthem? It's funny. I just ended up working with Shanice yesterday. She sang a song called I Love Your Smile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that song. And when um it was it got real hectic it, where I'm from from North Philly. Uh, about 17 young men in our community passed away, all gun violence. Seven of them I knew very closely. And my, the way that I got through it is I had a tape of I Love Your Smile. Mm-hmm. And I would play it when I came through the neighborhood. And it, it kind of, it just made me smile. So I smiled at my neighbors and um, it just made me feel better. So I'm going to go with I Love Your Smile by Shanice. Ooh, that is such, such a, a good, good one. That song feels <laughs> like springtime to me. Mm-hmm. Like flowers yes. blooming and the leaves are turning back green and there's like a new life and just rejuvenation. That's such a great pick. I love that song. Mm. You know, one of the things that we've been talking about and realizing is what it means to love on yourself when you're by yourself, especially mm. during this time. Now, you were on tour when the pandemic hit. You were celebrating the 20th anniversary of your first album. You were supposed to have this residency in London, gigs in Australia, Paris. You know, we're all dealing with missing out on events and some of the joys of life before but I wonder how you're dealing with that disappointment and adjusting to this new normal. You know, I'm kind of used to disappointments. I mean, they happen. Mm-hmm. They've been happening mm-hmm. my life. So I was sad, but I was also happy to be healthy. I was happy to go home with my family, you know, who, who was worried about me, you know? So mm-hmm. it was weird because I was on the road and we were having the best time ever. When I tell you, the band, it was a new band for me. And we just, we clicked, we we found our pace and it was beautiful. What a great experience. And then it was over like that. We got off stage and um, I had made a couple phone calls like, guys, you know, this COVID thing is really starting to, you know, heat up. What do you want to do? 
And they were like, oh, no, no, we're good. We're good. But by the time I got, got off the stage that night, it was a wrap. So one minute we were having the time of our lives and the next minute we were all on our way home. But when I got home, you know, there was dishes to wash and <laughs> a clothes to be washed and, you know, life to be had. So I, I don't, I don't, I actually, this might sound, you know, harsh to some people. I don't know, but I've been on the road for over 20 years. So being able to go home for nine months, it was a treasure to me. Mm. I got to unpack boxes that have been sitting forever. I, I got a chance to reconnect in a, in a very meaningful way with my now 11-year-old. Uh, we just got a chance to, to kick it, kick it. Not, you know, I'm coming in real fast. I've got three days. Let's do something or not do something together. I got a chance to really, really spend time with him. And um, it was it was great. I wore a mask everywhere. I still do. So I'm out in these streets. You know, I'm at the Target. I'm 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 chilling. I'm starting conversations with with strangers about weather or about you know this COVID shit. You know, like just just being able to, for lack of a better phrase, I rediscover what I love about myself. Mm-hmm. My favorite part of myself is my 15-year-old self. Just mm-hmm. fresh and, and mm-hmm. young and happy and, and silly and open to new life experiences. And I was able to find her. And I'm so happy I was. In the meantime, though, you know, we had a couple of family members that contracted uh, COVID. And that was pretty rough. I've heard some, some very strong men turn into babies. It was deep, but they survived and um, they're back up and on their feet. So mm. I'm grateful. Yes, it's it sounds, um, first of all, I'm so glad to hear that they are well, but they it are. sounds like overall, you know, you've been in a state of presence and flow, which are very, very important and very difficult times that you really have no control over. And I think, you know, during this time, many of us have been sitting with what presence means to us and practicing spirituality and connecting with self. And I would just love to hear some of the ways that that you've been doing that. I take a lot of baths. (laughs) I do. I take a lot of baths. It's a lot of um, minerals. I'm, I'm big on magnesium salts, lavenders, sometimes cucumbers. I've just been able to... I've always been a fan of the water mm-hmm. since I was a child. And water has always given me a sense of peace. So I got this really great bathtub. And I, I take baths and I read books in the tub and I watch movies in the tub. And, you know, um, that is a way for me to calm down, reconnect with myself, sing the thank you song. The thank you song is just... It's, <laughs> It doesn't sound good, but it feels really good. Um, it's just like, thank you for these toes and these feet. Mm-hmm. Thank you for these elbows and these shins. Mm-hmm. Thank you for these arms and this belly of mine. Oh, thank you for my nose and double chins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but, every time, but every time it's a different song, you know, it just, it's always something. So you just sit in there and I, I do anyway, I just sit in there and I just say thank you for all the stuff I can see and wash and soak and calm. My family knows, they're like, oh, give her an hour. <laughs> it's super important to me. And then these walks, I've been taking hikes. You know, there's not much to do during COVID. So especially when it first hit. So my girlfriend and I, uh, her name's Alex. Shout out to Alex. Uh, We just take these strolls and early morning and all the deers are out. And when I strolls really hikes, the deers are out. The water is pretty. The ducks are quacking. The the turtles have their heads up, getting sun. It's the simple things for me. You know, whenever I can find the simple things, I'm not really a, a complex type of chick. Like when the world gets really, really tough, you'll find me hugging a tree somewhere. <laughs> you pour mm. into those things. You know, they've been around longer than us. They can handle it. The, the ocean can handle it. 
you know, so all of the stresses and troubles and all of the things that go on in our minds or in mine, I just give it to the tree. I know you can handle it. You've been here a long time making shade and, you know, making music. I appreciate you. So I, I thank you, friend. You know, that's what I say to my my trees. And I know that people absolutely think that that's nuts. And I'm really okay with it. I'm so okay with it. You don't you don't have to get this, but I mm. need to get this so I can move forward. And it seems like you just have such an incredible sense of self to be like, I don't care what y'all think. I'm, I'm gonna hug this tree. But mm-hmm. it's also, you know, we see that in your songs and your lyrics. You're embracing mm-hmm. sexuality and being comfortable in your skin and your lyrics. And that has empowered, at least I can speak for me, it has empowered me to do the same in my life. And I'm so grateful to you for that. But how do you maintain a positive relationship with your mind, body, and spirit? Let us in on some of that. I'm working on a television show and we shoot a lot. So I decided that it was better for me to go a little bit crazy. I think that sometimes you're going to have to do that. I think anyway, in order to get where you have to go. Because the reality will tell you, or your good sense, your good mind will tell you, oh, no, you need rest. No, no, you need to, you need to go hang out with your friends. You need to, you need to stop. But when you have a goal in mind, you have to let those things subside for a minute and focus on the goal. And when the time is right, because all these things do end when you put in the work, you know, when the time is right, then you go hard on peacefulness. You go hard, just as hard as you worked is equally as hard as you fill yourself up. Find that time and and read some Baldwin. Let those words trickle off your tongue. Just the, (laughs) the way he can string together miracles out of daily, you know, regular people, daily occurrences. Read some, some J. California Cooper who, who stops and talks to God in the middle of a story. It's a hard balance. And sometimes your balance is not going to be the best. You're going to lean a little heavier on one side because you have a goal in mind. I want to finish this show. I've got three more shooting days. And I'm going to let myself be tired for three more shooting days. And then after that, I've, I've told everybody, all my good people, do not call me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, eventually I know it'll end in some water and a long walk. Mm. I love that you speak with so much, uh, It's I, I don't want to call it wisdom, but it's, it's kind of like you've lived so much life that you're just in the moment and you have all these lessons that you have in your pocket that you can go back to. And I'm thinking about what you mentioned earlier about 15-year-old Joe. And mm-hmm. I'm curious if you could go back in time and, and share any of these lessons with her and have a conversation with her, what would you tell her? What, what, what did she need to hear? <laughs> I get asked this question a lot. And I think about lying. I think about it like, okay, <laughs> so I'll, say, I'll say something else. But, you know, it doesn't really sue me. I would tell me, don't fuck that guy. <laughs> I would, that's what I would tell me. Don't that's fuck it. that guy. There it is. I would that tell part. me that right there because that, you know, definitely took <laughs> a, a young girl down some roads that um, just uh, didn't need to happen. Like um, being insecure or yearning, this this deep yearning for something that couldn't possibly be with another child. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would tell myself to, to hold tight and wait for magic. Yeah, break up with him is the advice I always give. Truly. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you're 15 or 50, break up with him. <laughs> <laughs> so while we're having these conversations about love and self-worth, um, your podcast, J.L., also leans into these topics. And I know there are so many young women who are listening to this right now who are having a really hard time, you know, coming into themselves and knowing how to be authentic at all times. What advice would you have for them? 
on being authentic at all times, then, uh, well, you're probably going to end up um, a little isolated until you find your people and they always mm. show up. Mm. So don't worry about it so much that you're by yourself. It's a good time by yourself. I'm an only child. That's a norm for me. But I'm telling you that it's a good time by yourself to hang out with yourself and figure out what you like. Um, while you do the things that you like, the people that are meant to be in your life for those reasons, seasons, or forever, they will be attracted to you because you're shining. You're shining in yourself. You're shining from in the inside and you're doing things that you enjoy doing and they'll show up. So be okay with being by yourself while you, while you discover yourself. It'll happen. Don't worry about it. It's just the way it goes. That's life, babe. Why do I believe you? Every, every year's thing, I'm like, yes, absolutely. Like, regardless work of my out. current reality, I'm just like, absolutely it will. <laughs> and you also figure out where you don't need to be. Because mm. this doesn't feel right. Like, I'm being all of myself, but I feel, I don't feel welcomed. I don't feel nurtured. I don't even feel liked. You should go. Mm-hmm. That's how else will you know that it's not your place? Unless you mm. go in authentically yourself. You know, that's with dating. That's with everything. I, I lived in Los Angeles for a little bit, about five years, four and a half. I had to leave there. Shout out to all the wonderful people that I did meet. Really, really great people. But the majority of the people that I was around, and I'm not, I'm not the girl. I'm not in all the things and at all the places. I don't, I, I travel with like-minded people. They don't have to be artists. They just have to be fair and decent and kind and cool and uh, helpful. The, the business was everywhere. It was at the gynecologist's office. It was at church. It was on the streets, um, riding a bike. It was at the, my favorite coffee shop. It was everywhere. And I was like, this doesn't suit me because I don't want to talk about what you want to talk about right now. I want to talk about you know, your script. I kind of just want to talk about who made your sweater. Mm. You know, so in fact, once I left LA is when I really, really started getting a lot of work as an actor because mm. I was happier. Yeah. And I, I love what also you're saying about just being accountable for your own joy, right? Yeah. Understanding that, you know, you are in LA for this time. And while it may have, you know, potentially served you professionally, it wasn't serving you personally. And that was sort right. of flowing into every piece of you. And I think one of the things we talk about a lot, too, is just being accountable for ourselves. And you touched on this a little bit. We are not, of course, responsible for anyone else's feelings, but we are for our own. Can you talk a little bit about what that accountability means for you and for your circle? So I think... It started with me learning how to say no. That was big. This is, I, you probably won't see this, but the way that I say no is uh, it's a firm no with a smile. No. <laughs> Can I? No. 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 And it works for me because I, I'm not here to hurt anyone. Uh, that's not my thing. But I don't want to do what you want to do right now because I have things outside of what you see occurring in my life. You have to figure out what you're about. A lot of me is because of my family, is because of my mother and my grandmother and my aunts. A lot of me is that. A lot of me is my dad. You know, we're this soup, we're this gumbo of everything that we've ever done and everyone that touches us, we really are. And, um, you figure out, I think, for me anyway, it's the parts of me that I didn't care for. I took them to therapy. Mm-hmm. And the parts that of me that I really enjoy and love, like the 15-year-old me, I look for her when I don't see her. And I celebrate her when I find her. I really try to make a point to learn from my mistakes. I don't blame other people for my stuff. I made a choice. I made a decision. Although you or he or she or them were um, foul in nature, I wasn't. And I'm good with that. But I won't make the same kind of mistake. So I journal a lot so I can see myself. I have every journal that I've ever written since I was 12. 
So I can look back at even my little, you know, my kids' fantasies about what life is going to be like. (laughs) And I'm going to have four kids. And I'm going to be married by the time I graduate college at 22. I'm married at 23. (laughs) I have my first baby at 24. Like all the stuff that I said. (laughs) All the stuff. And then there's, you know, a list of things that I wrote when I was 12. My list of everything that I wanted to be in life. And what's really surprising is I've done all that. So much to the point that I have to um, to create a new list. Mm. I wanted a Picasso. I bought one. I wanted to travel the world. Did that. I wanted to be an actress. I am one. There were things in there like I wanted to be a Yoruba priestess. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I wanted to be a rose garden so you know I set it up so that when I pass that my ashes will be placed in a rose garden I just want that in a little plaque you know that said I was here and then people will walk by and probably forget it and you know (laughs) you know just see the roses and that's all right that's all right um I want it to be storm from (laughs) x-men and then Mm. I get this call from marvel and they said would you be the voice of storm and I was like lit are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding? Are you serious right now? Like, Manifesting, um, okay. Yes. It's super mm-hmm. important to put these things into place. For the fears, I tend to say no thank you out loud. For the negative thoughts, whether they're pertaining to, to me or somebody else, I say no thank you out loud because I'm addressing you negative energy right there that's sitting and looking at me or sitting on my chest and looking at me in my face. I'm addressing you, no thank you. And I feel better about that. You're gonna have to figure out your tools. What are your things, the things that you do that are just for you um, to battle? This is it's not cute. Trying to remain sane. Trying to uh, allow and allowing yourself to be crazy a little too, but to remain sane, to hold on to um, your joys, to see negative energy, to say no thank you to that energy and keep moving and not harbor or hold things. It makes for a better life for me. I cannot express how much energy and joy you're just channeling into us. And I know everyone listening feels it too. I wanted to just dig into a little bit of the things that make us feel right with you. And I think last year, you know, not sort of going backwards, but one of the things that stands out for us and all of us, and we actually talked about it on the podcast, was your OG Versus with Erica Badu Mm -hmm. uh, last year in May, which... Ah, again, we talked about it on the podcast, but it was just like an all-time fave. A moment. And a moment. Just like a, a, a movement, a moment, like soul food, so nourishing. And when we talked about it on the podcast, we talked about just the appreciation that you guys had for each other, the mutual respect, and just like the dedication to the craft of love. And I just, I, I'd love to hear a little bit about, you know, the reaction from that and sort of being able to, again, now move in 2021. We've seen so much amazing collaboration and music. What is that sort of, what did that feel like for you to be in fellowship? And sort of how are you bringing that, for, that energy forward? It was good for us. It was really good for us. We had a conversation in front of everybody that we always needed to have. There was a lot of stuff that people were putting on us. This competition, who's better, who's prettier, who's the better artist, who's... And I just, I, I did not care for that at all because I kept saying to myself, well, I got my thing and I love her thing, but I love my thing. You know, why, why, do, we, why do we have this? You know, these little things that were pulling us together over time and to finally just release it, it felt great. It felt great because I have this immense respect and appreciation and love for this woman 
I'm in the time. I'm in this time right now. That still bugs me out. Like I'm in the time. I'm in the time. <laughs> I'm in the time. Like I'm in here too. Yes. <laughs> like, Literally me. Like, <laughs> it, it just bugs me out. And then I'm, at, you know, meeting all these people, especially with my mask on. You know, but, um, but meeting so many people who had such a great reaction to it, how warm they felt how uh, beautiful it was to see two Black women not bickering, not throwing mm-hmm. shade, not being nasty towards each other, but celebrating each other and congratulating each other, you know, and commiserating with each other, all of the things. That was all of our reactions watching yes. it. Just like, <laughs> wow. I mean, yes. we're, so, we're so grateful to you. We're so grateful to Auntie Badu, Erica, as well for... <laughs> That, But I also, when I think of both of you, I think also of this new resurgence of R&B, as everyone keeps calling it. But, you know, you've been in this business for over 20 years. You've been singing about feelings and heartache and all of that stuff that comes with good R&B. So why do you think this, this quote-unquote resurgence is happening now? And what are you excited about when you're listening to the current landscape of music? Uh, why does it happen? Well, this music, like everything else, is secular. Hmm. And you've had artists, you know, there were a lot of artists that were out when Gladys Knight and the Pips came out. There were a lot of artists. Or when the Temptations were out or Shaka Khan. There were a lot of artists that had big hits. Some of them had two or three or four. But there is a connection that the human spirit has with a Marvin Gaye or Shaka Khan, you know, or Anita Baker. You know, there's a connection mm-hmm. that we have that's beyond us. And, you know, some people will call it cream rising to the top or something like that. Ah, I can, maybe that's fair. I don't know. But I know that there's always going to be a time when you burn the chicken. You know what I mean? <laughs> many don't burn no chicken, but sometimes many burn the chicken. And that means that the, the music isn't going to be so great for a second. You know, that mm. for some reason, you're not going to hear as much instrumentation. You're not going to hear string arrangements, you know, but these things don't die. They just chill for a second. You know, they'll be back. And they always are. And I'm so grateful that you've got singers like, oh, my God, they're they're really singing. And for a while, all I heard was auto-tune and it, it kind of, you know, some of the things were cool, but it made me a little sad, you know, that you couldn't yeah. hear the angst in a voice or the yes. fear in a voice or, you mm-hmm. know, the honesty in a voice. All you heard, mm-hmm. you know, for a long time was just auto-tune. It drove me nuts. But, you know, I'm happy to hear voices again. I'm happy to hear musicianship again. And for everybody that was hanging in there, you know, when it wasn't as popular, you know, I'm so glad you didn't give up. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm, I'm really happy about her. I'm, I'm really happy about Jasmine Sullivan. Mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. love Ari Lennox. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, oh, what is this? Um, a Summer Walker. Because there's stories, yes. Sither. You've got stories. You've got thoughts. And that's what, you know, music needs that. We need that. You know, I turn up with the best of them. But at the same time, sometimes it's it's nice to have a night where you're drinking wine with your friends and listening to something and something else comes on and somebody goes, oh, and it's not just because <laughs> the beat is hot. It's because listen to what that dude said. Listen to what that woman mm. said. Oh, did she just open her her soul? You know, like that is inspiring. And it, it reminds us that we're not by ourselves. In any of it, you having great six, bravo! Congratulations, other people are too. <laughs> you sad and lonely tonight? Well, you think you're lonely now? Wait until tonight, girl. You know, it's, it's there's there's a song for everything, and human mm-hmm. beings. I think we just need that. 
We need to know we're not by ourselves. We cry real good, you know, go out and dance real hard, come back and you start all over again. That's self-care. Good music is self-care. Mm, a word. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, thank you, Jill Scott. <laughs> we got to just make sure again to thank the people while we have them in the room, give them their flowers as they deserve them. And... Just keep celebrating, like you said, that love wherever it comes from and following it wherever it goes. So thank you. Thank you so much, Jill, for joining us, for leaving us with these words, this energy, and just some, like I said, some real bath saving energy. So that's what we're going to walk away with. And anyone listening, get you in the bath tonight. (laughs) When we're talking about love, sis. Take your slow-ass molasses time. Mm. Mm. Slow-ass molasses time, please. That's it. That felt like a channeled message. I was actually oh, like directly <laughs> at my soul. It was Wow. Why was that so loud? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to do that on this Friday. Okay, Ooh. wow. <laughs> Yes. Okay. There we go. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, yeah, I just, I don't, I mean, Chelsea said it all, but I don't really have the words to express how, when we're talking about our teenage selves, what 15-year-old me would say (laughs) that we're having this moment right now, she would just probably cry and get really emotional. So thank you. Thank you for having me. You make it just feel good. Go Off This Podcast is a Refinery29 original. It is produced by Rashad Isaac, Shirley Williams, Jordan Mason, and me, Chelsea Sanders. It's edited by Hanger Studios. My co-hosts today were Kathleen Newman-Bermang and Stephanie Long. Like what you heard and want some more? Head over to Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts to catch up on all episodes. And don't forget to drop a review or leave a comment to let us know what you think. You can also find us where it all started, on Instagram, at R29Unbothered. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, it's okay to go off, sis. Money world.